0: Hey guys, this is Rocky, and you're listening to the God Loves Miami podcast. I want to welcome you to today's episode, and I also want to encourage you to follow us on social media at God Loves Miami on Instagram and Facebook, so that you can find out all that we are about and what God is calling us to do in our city. And now here's Pastor Mark. So on Sundays, there's a few things that I like to do, and one of them is kind of let you in a little bit on me. Um, I have this problem when I go to the grocery store and it's not just like the ice cream aisle and the chips aisle, it's like the checkout line. And I, I love to read like tabloids, right? I don't buy them because I don't want anyone to see me walking out of the store with them. And so these two, I had Monica go buy for me because it'd be totally fitting for her to walk out of a grocery store with tabloids. Um, and I just read them in the line and they get the people behind me upset, like, come on, go pay right? Um, and so one of the reasons that I do that is because I want to know. I really want to know why Harry doesn't want to be the prince anymore, right? Because all of us grew up wanting to be the king or the queen. You know, every little girl wants to be a prince. And all of a sudden, Megan um, is too good for British royalty. And so uh, I totally was glued to this one um, the other day And Winn-Dixie. Right? And you see them walking out, Megan and Harry, back in London for crisis talks. Like, whoa, what's that? Right? And then you got to, like, shift through or sift through the entire magazine to get the scoop. And then you find out that Ben Affleck says that the worst thing that he ever did was uh, divorcing Jennifer Garner. Duh! Right? I mean, if you were a fan of Alias, you're like, or you saw the first um, Electra, even though it was a horrible movie, you're like, Ben Affleck, why would you... Um, divorce. Uh, what's her name again? Jennifer Garner? Yeah, Jennifer Garner. And then, you know, you see here, Rihanna. I didn't even know she had kids, but I found that out thanks to Harry and Megan. And, um, and, and I gravitate towards, does anyone else gravitate towards the tabloids and the thing, right? I get mad when they like censor them. Do you guys see now? They like censor them because everything's PC. So they put like a white thing in the front. I'm like, I want to know. What's behind the white thing? But I can't look because I'm a pastor. And every time I go to Publix or when dixie everyone's like, hi, Pastor Mark. How are you? Right? And past, all Pastor Mark wants to do is read the tabloids. I volunteer to buy milk all the time because I just want to be in the checkout line for a little while. I don't go on the speed lane. I look for the lady with the most groceries. And I get behind that one. Yeah, that's what I do so that I could, you know, look through a couple of these magazines. And now you guys are like, oh, my gosh. catching mozo. I knew it. Right? You know, Ben Affleck on love, sobriety, and second chances, right? Man, it's awesome. You know, it's awesome stuff. Um, And as funny as it could be, all right, we all do this. Every single one of us in this room. No, Mark, I never do that. I never look at the tabloids. They're lies. I don't think they're lies. I think most of them are, are true, right? I think that the fake news is what we see on TV, but this is the real news, right? Because these guys are climbing walls and fences to take these pictures. Before they were hiring helicopters. Now they got drones, right? These guys are getting the real news, all right? Um, they're getting paid like 200 bucks for these pictures, and they're still going out there because they got to pay their rent, and their rent's not 200 bucks, right? But we all do this. We're attracted. We want to know what's going on in the world. We want to know what's going on in our jobs, in our families. When something happens, some, one of your sisters or your brothers or your cousin is going on a date, right? And she got divorced two years ago. You can't wait to get the scoop after her first date, right? Am I lying or am I not lying? We want to know, right? And if the girl that sits next to you in the cubicle knows that your sister's going on a date for the first time, you know what's going on? Your friend can't wait for you to get to work so she could find out how your sister's first date was, right? And then so for the next 30 minutes you could talk bad about her ex-husband. We all do it. Right, guys are like we never do it. Yes you do, guys, you do it too. And you talk about your friends and you talk about your friends wife and your friends girlfriend and you want to know what's going on on, even if it's sports. Right? We want to know what's happening right? If there's an accident, everyone wants to know how many cars, whose fault was it? Is the car on fire? I remember the first time that I got into a car accident with my kids in the car, right? And so I get into this car accident and it was like a rear end type of deal. So you always know that the car behind you is that fault, right? Mike, most of the time, well, you're wrong, Officer Martinez. It was my fault. My car was in the front. I put my car in reverse on red light. And then when the light turned green, guess what Pastor Mark did? He stepped on the gas and crashed into the car behind you. Yes, that happened. It was my fault. And you know what my kids said? They're like, Papi, did we just get into an accident? I'm like, yes, guys. Oh, my God. They're like, yes, we've always wanted to be in an accident. Right? Right? Because they couldn't wait. And you know what the next thing that they said? We can't wait to tell mommy. My little kids at the time, they were like five and six or six and seven. They could even cute little old Stella couldn't wait to tell mommy. And I'm like, kids, we got a conference before we talk to your mom. All right. We got to work on the details of this event. Right. And so... And Stella, and they're like, okay, papi, but what about Stella? Because there's no talking to a a little girl on news and information. She's going to tell it like it is and exaggerate it a little bit because that's how God made her, right? To tell all the news with a little bit of drama, right? You know, we see a fire truck pass by us and we're like, I don't know about you. Has anyone ever chased the fire truck to find out what happened? What's on fire? What blew up? Are the jaws of life coming out, right? We want to know, right? How many times have we said that? Did you hear what happened? And you're like, tell me, tell me. It's better than a bacon cheeseburger with a sunny side up egg in it. Achievement. It's good, right? Oh, come on, Mark. You know, we're not all like that. Really? That's the reason why we're going through an epidemic In this world, and everyone is glued to their phones. I'm looking at a couple of you right now, right now, in this very moment. You guys are like... Some of you aren't even reading. You guys are like subconsciously scrolling through social media and consuming news that you don't even know you're consuming. It's why, look at this. These are all my push notifications, guys. It's like everything, like ESPN, 25 text messages, emails, like TikTok, I don't even know I had TikTok. I guess one of my kids downloaded TikTok on my phone, right? We're glued to our phones. Did you know that when LeBron James left the Miami Heat, the Miami Heat's Twitter account lost hundreds of thousands of followers the day that like that letter was published and he broke our hearts because he couldn't even tell us in person, right? Right? And then LeBron leaves. And I have a statistic. I was happy about this because when he left uh, Cleveland, they lost. And we have a, a picture of that, right, Carol? They lost almost four. The Cavs lost about 4,000 followers. The moment that he decided and the Lakers gained 50,000. All right. One of those fifty thousands was me. Right. And I found this out. As I'm preparing for this message that one of those 50,000 was dumb old me, right? I never liked the Lakers. I still don't like the Lakers, yet I started following them on social media. See, as a society, we are obsessed with getting the scoop. We want to know the scoop. The media is one of the largest income-producing machines in the world. In the world, we are obsessed with knowing. We want to know what our friends are doing, what our friends are eating, who are they with, and why am I not in this picture, right? How many times have you not liked the group picture because you weren't in that group picture, right? Could things just happen spontaneously? Like everyone kind of says, oh, hey, it happens, right? We are obsessed. Some of us live our lives based on what we share and what we consume. And the reason that we're like this, the reason that there's something burning inside of every single person in this planet, this desire, this necessity to having to know is because God made you that way. You're probably thinking, wait, what? Right? My kids do that to me all the time. Wait, what? And I'm like, what? What? Right? God made you that way. So you're thinking like, God made me una right? God made me a a gossiper? Wait till I tell my abuela. My abuela always says I'm the biggest chismosa in the family, and I'm going to call her after church. I'm going to go to her house with un cafecito, and I'm going to tell my abuela that God made me una chismosa, that God made me a gossip, right? Well, God didn't make you a gossip. I think sin makes us gossipers. Sin makes us un chismoso, but God created in us this need, this desire to respond to news. You're thinking, okay, maybe that's everyone else, but I hate the news, right? How many people don't like the news, right? So you're thinking like, okay, this message is not for me. God did not create me, create me to like the news because I hate the news. We love information, and we, maybe you don't like CNN or Fox News, but you are addicted to information and to news, and the reason why is because God created us to respond to the gospel. God created each and every person that is alive and that has ever been alive on this planet to respond to the gospel. Another definition or another way what the gospel means is good news. Did you know that? God created me and God created you to respond to good news. And the gospel is also summed up. Though, what's the gospel, Mark? Explain to me. Summed up, summed up in the most popular verse in the entire Bible, John three sixteen. It says, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him shall not die but have everlasting life. That is the gospel. And the most important part of this is that God gave. I want you to say that with me. God gave. Let's say that again. God gave. God gave it to you. You didn't earn it. There's nothing that you have ever done or will ever do to earn the favor and the love of God. It doesn't matter how bad you are and it doesn't matter how good you are. God gives us love and salvation and it is a free gift of God. The Bible said it is not by works so that no one can boast. What does that mean? It's not by what you do. It's not all those good things that you say and do. And because you make cookies for the entire neighborhood so that no one can boast about it and say, look at everything that I did. And because of all these good things that I did, I deserve this. God gives it to us freely. Everything that you've ever done. The Bible also says in Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. What does that mean? All. Every single one of us. Every single person has sinned and falls short it doesn't matter how awesome you are we fall short of the glory of God and the only way to achieve that access to God and us and achieve that gift of God and salvation is through Jesus Christ so there's nothing that you can do even your abuelita que una santa, she falls short Your grandma, who's a saint, she falls short of the glory of God. And if if she is as amazing as you say, it is only because the love of God lives inside of her. And so you're probably thinking, so if I can't earn it, if there's nothing that I can do to get access to the salvation that only comes from Jesus, what do I do with this gospel? What do I do with this good news? The first thing that we need to do is accept gospel, accept the good news, to realize that we are in need of it, that like we talked about earlier, the only way that we can have true peace, the only way that we can have true comfort in the midst of difficulty and in the midst of good times is by being connected to God and accepting the gift of Jesus Christ into our hearts and into our lives, as easy as that. It is a gift God gave it, which means you can't earn it. We don't deserve it. All right, how many of you have ever given a gift to someone that you love, right? A lot of us that are parents, sometimes our kids do things, and yet we still love them. We don't make them sleep outside. We don't make them like, oh no, you misbehaved, and so you're not eating today. There's people that do that, but the majority of people in the world, they're not gonna do that. Why? The Bible says that We, being bad, know how to do good things for our kids. How much more will our loving Father in heaven do for you and do for me? We need to accept it. The second thing that we need to do is live it. All right? We accept God's salvation. I I thought, Pastor Mark, uh, it's not by works. No, it isn't by works. Right? But the Bible also teaches us that faith without works is dead. And so we accept it. We accept who God is We receive it. And then you know what happens? We start acting it out. What happens when we, uh, you know, drink a Red Bull or our kids have like two chocolate bars before they go to sleep? They start bouncing off the walls. They start going crazy, right? So when we accept God's gift into our lives, the natural progression, the reaction that we're going to have is, you know what? I'm going to start living this out. I'm going to start fleshing this out because God lives in me. It is not me. It is Christ who lives in me. And how do we do this? Real simple. This is real easy. First step. How do we live it out? Is be a friend. Really? Be a friend. I'm a friend. Right? Be kind to people. Philippians 2.3 says this. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility. Consider others as more important than yourself. You are a friend, all right? When you consider your friends more important than you and that you want to have certain people in your life, not because of what they can give you, but because what you can do for them and how you can serve them. And even if your friends, this is not their initial reaction because God lives in you and now you are living out the gospel. This is how you're responding to the gospel. What's gonna happen to your friend? your friend's going to start acting the same way to you. And if they don't, then they're not really your friend. And so I don't know who my friends are. Start loving them and caring for them. And if they continue to put their needs, their desires, their wants before you, if you are a Christian and you're trying to live a life that honors God and your friends do not reciprocate that towards you, and instead of at least respecting your beliefs... Maybe they aren't going to give their life to Christ. They're not going to live for God, but they don't respect what you believe and they pull you away from God. I think you need to find other friends. It's real simple. The second thing is use your gifts. We respond to the gospel. We live it out. And now the gifts that God has given us, we use them. First Peter forces this, just as each one of you has received the gift, use it to serve others as good stewards of the varied grace of God. God has given you a gift and you're living out this gift by serving others. Could you imagine if we only heard Tanya in the back of the room instead of leading us in song? That would be terrible. God has given her a gift and she shares it with us. We have guys in this church that have almost as nice of a bicep as I do, And these guys are here seven o'clock in the morning using their gift and their heart, their love for God and setting up the space where God can be worshipped and where you and I can connect with God using their gifts. We have teachers right now that are in the room. They're ministering to our children, teaching them the word of God using their gift so our kids can connect with God and so we can be in here today connecting with God. All right, that's using your gift. Maybe you're here today and you're like, you know what, I have this gift. I have that gift on your connect card. If you pull that out, you have an opportunity to start serving here at Love Unlimited. All right, so just say, you know what, I have a gift. This doesn't mean that you're signing your life away. This means like, if there's an opportunity for me to use my gift, I wanna do it. All right, and there's a way that you can get plugged into what God is doing here in this church and you start living out the gospel. all right. The third way is we need to radiate positivity. All right? There's so many Christians that are so negative. It's like in every, oh, my God. But, uh, right? Do you guys have any of those friends? Oh, my God. Uh, oh, but I wouldn't do that. If, if I would do that, I would don't do that. And it's like, bro, you're a Christian. Jesus lives in you. The joy of the world, the love of God, the fire of God, the power of God. You have access to God. And every time you open your mouth, every time you hear any situation, your first reaction is, oh, my God. Right? We need to radiate. You know what radiate also means? It's not just talking positivity. It's radiating. It means it's, it's reflecting off of our bodies. People see us and they see God. That's what Christian means. You know that? It means that I'm Christ-like. What does that mean? When someone sees me, it's like a little Jesus, right? So each and every one of us, even the ladies in, the, in this room, your job on this earth is to be a little Jesus Right? And not for people to worship you, but when they see you, the love of God, the power of God, the kindness of God, the generosity of God radiates. It's glowing, right? It's like when I knew my wife was pregnant, the three times that she was pregnant, she was glowing. There was something different, right? We go to a concert, and I remember seeing Coldplay for the first time. I left from there. It was like the closest thing to a religious experience for me. I was glowing, right? I also had a bunch of confetti and stuff on me. But when people look at us, we need to radiate the joy and the love of God. You know what I saw when we were FaceTiming with the Duque family? I saw the love of God. And the confidence of God radiating. That's why I didn't just want to talk about them. I wanted to somehow do a phone call, a FaceTime, because when I see them, I see God, man. I see God in one of the the toughest places that any of us would ever want to be, and it doesn't make sense, and that's why I know it's God. All right. She was Karen was telling me last night that all the priests and all the pastors. In the hospital, they come to pray for people, they always have to come by their room because when they leave, they, they leave like dumbfounded because they show up to minister to the family and the family's ministering to them. She told me that yesterday, this uh, Presbyterian pastor came to pray for them and they're like, Oh, we're so glad you came to pray for us. He's like, No, I came so you could pray for me. I'm having a bad day. Can you believe that? That's what radiating Jesus is. So it's not just talking. We know a lot of people that talk a lot, right? They know all the Bible verses. And when you tell them, oh, you know, this is happening. The Bible says this. Do, 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 do. And you know what? Even me as a pastor, whenever I talk to someone, I'm like, bro, this is happening. And they start quoting verses to me. I just want to walk away from them. I'm like, bro, listen to me, man. Hug me. Cry with me. And you're like, no, but you got you to quote the word. Yes, quote the word. But you know what Jesus did when he showed up to Lazarus' funeral? It doesn't say. And Jesus got on top of the highest rock and started saying, "God created the earth. God created the cloud. God created Lazarus, so God can raise Lazarus." You know what the Bible? You know what the Bible says that Jesus did? It says Jesus wept. He cried. He radiated that there was something different. And you know what that tear did? It made him approachable. It made him someone that now when Lazarus rose from the dead, it was like, wow, it had to be God. This wasn't something that was orchestrated. That's what radiating God is. This is what Proverbs 17 says. A joyful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit dries up the bones. All right, if you're going through a difficulty in your life, if you're going through a difficult situation, man, choose joy. Choose Jesus. Look at this and say, God, it hurts. I'm not going to be cynical. This is tough, but I'm going to trust in you. I know that that you're going to have something better for me. And I don't understand it, but I know that it is going to be better because you're with me and I'm not alone. The next thing is the way we live it out is by showing gratitude. Man, we got to show gratitude. Sometimes as believers, as followers of Jesus... We're really not thankful, and not just to God, to people. Man, thank people, but that's their job. No, thank them. I go to a restaurant, I go anywhere, and I, I treat my server, and their job is just to fill my cup of water and bring my food. That's their job. I don't have to talk to them. I don't have to ask them about their kids. I don't even have to ask them their name. But you know what? They are a person, right? Be grateful. Be grateful to your husband, to your wife. You come home, and she cooks, but she cooks every night. She's been cooking every night for the last 10 years, so what? Start saying thank you. Start showing kindness. Show gratitude. That is what God does in our hearts. 1 Thessalonians says this, give thanks in everything for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. 1 Thessalonians 5.18. And the last way that we live out the gospel is by doing your best. Oh, I always do. No, do your best even when no one's looking, when no one's around, when your boss is on vacation, when your parents aren't home, when it maybe it doesn't even matter, but do your best. Why? Because we are children of God. Whatever it is that we're doing, it is a privilege to be in this space. It's a privilege to work this job. And until you're there, you're going to do your best because you know who you are? You're little Jesus, right? Right? And the same way that you own my church and you post Bible verses and you do all this stuff, but then you get to work and you do half eh, work. People are like, look, this Christian is the worst employee that we have. Right? This Christian is the worst neighbor I've ever had. This Christian, they prayed for their food and then they, they fought with the waiter. They didn't leave a tip. You think waiters don't talk? I've heard waiters say whenever people pray, we get nervous because the tips are terrible. That's the reputation that some people have. Let that not be said about us. At least, not about this group and the people that we influence. Let us do our best in every situation. Kids, teenagers, do your best. Do your best even when there's a substitute. Do your best even in service when the pastor's preaching, pay attention. Don't do TikTok while the pastor is preaching or or baseball signs and stuff. Listen, do your best. Do your best because God is looking at you even when your parents can't see you in the back of the church. Do your best like if your abuela. You know what my abuela used to do to me in church? You know why I behaved in church? It's not because I wanted to. It's not because I was even listening to the sermons. It's because she had her talons on me. And she would stroke my arm like a loving grandma. But if I coughed, I had a nail inside of me and I'm like, Estoy like, I'm coughing, you know, let me cough. I couldn't even breathe heavy, right? If the message touched my heart and I started to cry, she's like, la boca. right? Do your best. Even when my grandma wasn't there. Check out what the Bible says in Colossians. Whatever you do, do it from the heart as something done for the Lord and not for people. Guys, I know some of you are in difficult situations. Many times it's work because that's where we spend most of our time, right? It's work. Sometimes we don't work with good people. Sometimes our bosses aren't the nicest. Someone's in a bad mood. We're not getting paid what we think we deserve. You show up wherever it is that you need to be every single day, and you say, that jerk's not my boss. God's my boss. And when he's ready to promote me, he will promote me. And maybe I say this before. Maybe you haven't gotten the promotion because you haven't shown up for work. And finished the test that God has before you. And yet God wants to bless you. God wants to give you that amazing job and a better boss. Maybe God wants you to be the boss. And the boss boss hasn't noticed you because you're not showing up to work. And maybe you're the one that God has chosen to change the atmosphere where you work. But you're not getting the promotion because you're upset you're disgruntled. She doesn't appreciate me. He doesn't appreciate me. He takes credit for all the hard work that I do. Not once at a staff meeting has he said, look at what Josefina did, you know? Not once. It's like, and this is what I did. And it's like, dude, I was up three nights doing that. And you know what we do? Our human nature, the same way that we like achievement, we start gossiping, talking bad about our boss. We stop showing up. We stop working. And then we rob ourselves of the blessing. Why isn't God blessing me? Sometimes we rob ourselves from the blessing. All right. Do it like you're doing it for God. Some of us tomorrow need to show up and say, you know what? I'm going to cook for my husband, even though he doesn't appreciate it. Even though he complains it's too salty, it's too sweet. It doesn't matter what I do. No cubes, not enough cubes in the water. I'm cooking for God tonight, right? I'm making breakfast for Jesus this morning. I'm packing lunch for God today. And it's like, man, why is there a 12-foot sub in my lunchbox? And it's because, because I made this lunch for Jesus. God bless you. Hope you choke on it, right? No. No. Right? Maybe God wanted you to make him a foot long so he could choke on that. olive you put in there. I don't think so. Don't quote me on that. All right? But this is what I know. If we start living life this way, we start responding to the gospel this way. People are going to be knocking down our doors to find out what is going on in this house. What is going on in this head, in this heart? Why is this person radiating something that I never see? Why do they love people the way I've never seen anyone love anyone? And you're thinking, Mark, that's how I am. That's not. You know what? Keep doing it. Keep doing it because when people see something good, The same reason why people like the steak that you ate last night, right? Whatever it is that you ate, that you put on your social media, on your Facebook, or whatever it may be, in your story. It's like, I can't eat this. Wait, don't touch it, don't touch it. I need to take a picture, right? And you take a picture of it, and people see it, and they like it. You start living your life this way, people are going to be like, let me in. I want to know what is the secret because inside of every person, even the most evil person in the world, is this desire to know. Tell me, baby, because I need to know. Do you know there's 558 submarines in the world? 558 submarines in the world. All right, North Korea has the most submarines. All right, they're probably this big, but he has the most, right? Think about this. You know what the primary purpose of submarine is? information. They want to know and they don't want anyone to know where they are finding out. Satellites, active satellites, communicating information right now. 2,218 satellites in space right now orbiting the earth. And maybe that number is going up as we speak because there's a rocket going up somewhere, right? Sending information because inside the heart of every person in this world is this desire put in our hearts by our creator. This need to know information, to know the news, to know the news of Jesus. Yet sadly, many people are filling that desire, that need with other things. And that's why as followers of God, it's so important to do the last and the third thing. All right, we need to accept it. We need to live it. And we need to share it. We need to share what God has done in our lives and how Jesus has saved us. And when the world was falling apart for everyone, I was still standing when I didn't have strength because Jesus is my strength. Jesus is my hope. We need to share it. The last thing that Jesus spoke to his disciples and his followers, last thing and then boom, gone, was this. Go into all the world. And preach the gospel to all creation. You need to notice something. He didn't say pastors, he didn't say religious leaders, he didn't say scholars. This is for all of us, every single one of us, our commission. We wake up in the morning, first thing you do, Instagram, Facebook, don't lie to me. You do it. You haven't even barely opened both eyes. And we were one eye with laganas here with like eye boogers. And you're like, what happened when I went to sleep three hours ago, right? You know why? Because your heart is craving the gospel. Your heart is dying to be full and be living out the gospel of Jesus. Oh, but Pastor Mark, that's who you were created. You're such a good talker. I had someone telling me the other day, you're such a smooth talker. And maybe I am, right? Maybe it's easy for me in a church setting. Mark, you were created to share the gospel. Every single one of us have that gift. Even the introverts, even the ones that have trouble speaking, you were created to share the gospel. Maybe it's not from a stage, but maybe it's in your home. Maybe, and I know this is true for every parent in this room, your calling as a mother and a father or as a single parent is to preach the gospel every single day to your children. And and we saw how we preach it. We do it by being a friend. We do it by using our gifts. When our kids see us serving God, they're like, oh, that is the gospel. When you're radiating positivity, that is the gospel. When you're showing gratitude, when you're doing your best, when all your kids, friends, parents are freaking out and you are not freaking out and it's because Jesus is living inside of you, that is your calling as a parent. But I know that a lot of us, we're not hermits. We wake up. We walk out of our homes every day and every opportunity that God gives you is an opportunity to make Jesus famous in the places that he puts you, all right? And I love coming to church. I love the opportunity of speaking almost every Sunday. I come here because I wanna get some of that stuff that you guys are radiating. I'm a regular guy just like you and I get amped up when I see you, when I hear you worshiping, when I hear your stories, when I hear that Gio was pumping gas, and instead of just pumping gas and swiping his card, he's like, oh, I picked up this card at church. He put it in a pump or something at the gas station, and there's a dude in his family coming to church because of that. Dude, like, I go into Monday like, hey, let's do this. Let's take on the world. We're changing our environments in Jesus' name three nights ago, um, my wife and I were at a comedy show and, uh, we're sitting in the back of the room and I, everywhere I go, even if it's a gas station, I'm like, how can I turn this gas station into a church? Right. And so she makes fun of me. And so I walk into this comedy uh, show, I'm sitting towards the back and And I'm just blown away by how they've maximized this tiny space. There's hundreds of people there, people standing, people sitting in chairs and booths and benches. And I'm like, wouldn't it be awesome the day that God gives us a warehouse or a church or something that we can build our church and it could kind of be like a comedy show. Maximize the space and just change it. There's some people that like to take notes, some people that like to sit in the front, some people that get here late and they're sitting in the back on that bench with the leather back. Awesome. I take a picture of it and I say, I would love. Then I say, I would love to preach at a comedy show, at a comedy club. I would love to rent a comedy club. And I see the times of comedy shows, and they're late, right? They're like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday maybe. But Sunday morning, there's no one there. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's no one there. Maybe we could rent. Maybe the Miami Improv. This is three nights ago. The next morning, I get a text message From my friend, uh, Lucy Lopez, and she's like, call me right now, I think someone died or someone's very sick. And I'm like, is everything okay? I can't talk right now. And then I get a text from someone else, is anyone listening to Power 96? They've been talking about Godless Miami, Love Unlimited for like five minutes, and it's not a plug, this is like talking about our mission, what we do, the things that we do on the radio, on regular radio, on radio that talks about popping stuff and shaking your butt and all that stuff. And and I, I think that's awesome. And there's this comedian there talking about her show on the improv this weekend. And she says, you know what? I'm going to give a dollar for every person that comes into this show. You know, you know what? I'm just going to give 1500 bucks to the church. And that's amazing, right? Someone hears our story. They haven't even experienced it. But now someone that's experienced our movement, what we're doing is radiating this in a secular place. And now someone is like infected, right? And uh, I day goes by, she's like, okay, uh, so who's gonna give them the tax information and all this stuff? And I'm like, I-, I guess I could bring it. And then they're like, she wants you to go to the show. And she wants, um, she wants, uh, whatchamacallit, the, the, the guy that runs the club, Wants to, like, give you VIP and bring you in and all that stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Like, no. And you know these shows, they're kind of rough, right? And uh, I'm like, I'm not going to go. And I respond to Lucy, would I be a total jerk if I just want to stay home with my kids tonight and my wife and, and just, like, talk and play and order pizza and, and read over my notes for my message that I got to preach in a couple hours? And she's like, no, just don't respond to the text. I'll take care of it. And then I remember three nights ago, I'm like, I would love to preach in a comedy club, right? And then me and Elani are talking, and it's like, I'm not going to preach in a comedy club, but I'm going to meet the guy that runs a comedy club, and I could at least get his number. And at some point, we could do something there, service, whatever, you know. Um, because for her to write a check, it's just to mess an email with our tax ID and stuff. I don't even, she didn't even need to meet me. So I go to the club, and I convince one of my friends to come that isn't going to judge me for being in this show and and so I'm sitting there and hey pastor hey pastor I'm like just call me Mark you know Uh, (laughs) and I'm sitting in the show and she's like I I was going to meet her and leave pretty much hear a couple jokes and write out because I got to be in church and we're losing an hour congratulations can you guys give yourself an applause because you're all here and you lost an hour of sleep some of you didn't even realize it because your phones changed by themselves right um and uh and I'm like, man, I told God, whatever platform you give me, I'm going to get on it. And I'm going to talk about Jesus. And if they don't like me, then they won't invite me back. But that moment that you give me, I'm just going to do what you've called me to do. The show's almost over. The show's almost over. And I'm, I'm calculating. I'm going to say hi to her, take a selfie, and ride out. And then she says, there's a pastor in the room. And everybody's like, "Oh, kind of like that. And I'm like, this girl is going to rank on me. She's going to make fun of me. She's going to talk about things that I don't want to hear. And I'm glad my kids are not in this room and my parents and stuff. And and she's like, and I'm going to call him up to come on the stage. And I'm like, nope, this is not happening. This is not happening. And uh, Rodney that was sitting next to me, he goes, that's you, bro. That's you, bro. Go, 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 go. And I'm like, no, bro, no. And you guys are probably like, really? Like, I'm like, yeah. It was a bunch of people in the room that, like, I judged and said, you know, these people don't want to hear anything about what I have to say about Jesus. They've been talking about booty and all kind of other parts all night. And, and I just remember it again. I told my wife three nights ago, I want to preach in a comedy club. How crazy is that? I didn't tell anyone else that. We fell asleep and forgot about it. And, um... And I, the, the guy that runs the club, he goes, dude, you're on stage. This is his job to get people on that stage when they need to be on. He goes, you got to go. And I got on the stage and she's like, Pastor Mark, tell us about Love Unlimited. Pastor Mark, tell us about the work you're doing in Miami. And, uh, and I just, I, I said, hey, you guys are all here because you want to laugh and you're looking for joy and you're looking for love and you're looking for peace. And I have found that the only way to find that is through Jesus Christ. And all of us want a better life. And I serve a God that says that he gives life and he gives life more abundantly. So better than all the laughs that you had here tonight, you're going to leave here and go back to that life. But God says that he gives life in abundance. And I grew up going to church my whole life. And I decided a couple of months ago that I wanted to stop going to church and I wanted to become The church. And that's how God Loves Miami was born. That's how Love Unlimited was born. I told them about all of you guys. I talked about you and I talked about Jesus and the work that you guys are doing in a club. Okay, crazy stuff. I posted a picture at 3 in the morning last night, right, right when my phone changed and stole an hour from me. And uh, it was crazy. And you are going into that same environment tomorrow, a place that probably God is not popular where it's frowned upon, it's politically incorrect, make Jesus famous, and he has your back wherever you go. It was the craziest experience for me. And by the way, they rent the space for private events, so uh, we'll see. We'll see what doors God opens for our ministry, but what I learned last night is one, that God answers prayers, even crazy prayers, like the ones that we uh, spoke three nights before, and that God is gonna put us in situations that don't make sense. And you and I were created to share the gospel. Hope you guys enjoyed the podcast today. If you did, there's just a couple of things I'd love for you to do. Number one, subscribe. That way, the most recent episode will always be in your feed waiting for you, ready when you are. And secondly, if this podcast has ministered to you and you would like to help us continue reaching people that need to be inspired by the word of God, please consider making a donation at GodLovesMiami.com. That's GodLovesMiami.com. And we'll see you next time on the God Loves Miami podcast.